Hello everyone and welcome back to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Katie Midwinter and Liz Batchelor. On this episode of the podcast, we are going to be previewing some of the ITV action at Air and Newbury this weekend. But before we get into the races, let's see how everyone is. Liz, how are things with you? Been keeping busy? Yes, I have. Um, Not been on here for a couple of weeks, I don't think. But uh, yeah, keeping busy, keeping out of trouble. So yeah, all good here. Okay, hopefully you'll be able to find some winners for the listeners this week. And how about you, Katie? How are things with you? Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, Very good. Just looking forward to the action at the weekend now. There's plenty on, isn't there? Especially at air. So yeah, lots to look forward to. Yeah, some really big fields and we'll be getting stuck into some of them a little bit later on. But the first race then we're going to look at is the 120 at air. It's the Virgin Bet Handicap. It's a class two contest. Um, and the betting looks like this. Koi Koi is your favourite for George Bow and Ben Curtis at 5-1. to one. Dirty Old Town for Grancho at 8-1. Radana at 10s. What's the Story at 10s. Persuasion at 14s and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here uh, first, Liz. Uh, quite a tricky race to solve, but did we have a, a strong selection in the opening race? Yeah, I don't have a particularly strong fancy in this, and I think there's plenty of each-way value out there. Um, and for that reason, I've gone I've gone to the bottom of the card in this, actually, uh, with Keith Dalgleish's Misty Air, who's now racing off a mark of 88. She's only run once a season, um, coming six of six in a class two at Haydock two weeks ago. But before that, she has been running in group company. Her best result, six of 12 in a group three at Salisbury last September. They've kept her running in group company last season so that they must have thought something cover. Um, but with her one run this season, step up in trip, Keith Dalgleish is on a 21% strike rate, might not be totally ridiculous. Okay, that's uh, Liz's thoughts on the first race. And how about you, Katie? Did you like one in here? I didn't have a particularly strong fancy either, really. It appears quite an open race, plenty of chances, as Liz said. Uh, I probably side with Dutch decoy at a decent price each way. He was in good form earlier this season. Slightly disappointing last time out on the all-weather, but he's back on turf here. I think the trip will suit the ground conditions should be fine for him. And coming from Storley, he hasn't drawn too high. He's in, in the middle. So hopefully it won't cause too many problems for him and he can run well enough to place. Okay, a couple of their big prices. One I'll throw into the uh, mix is Radana for James Sullivan and Diane Sayer. This uh, horse has got a good record uh, round here and ran some good races uh, in defeat this summer when finishing second in the Shergar Cup at Ascot and also as well uh, second at Pontefract and is still able to race off the same mark of 94. So I just thought um, he could maybe go well at a nice uh, each-way price. So that's our thoughts then on... Um, on the opening race we're going to look at we're now moving on to the 155 at air which is the virgin bet Duneside cup stakes it's a listed race and i have to say this might not be the strongest of the renewals i've ever seen here but phantom flight is your favorite at 11 to 4 royal champion is then next in the betting at 9 to 1 you can glenn at 10s marie diamonds 10s stormy antarctic 11s dark moon rising 12s and bigger are the rest i'll come to you here uh first katie it looks like Phantom Flight is the one the bookies are pricing up here as, as their favourite. Do we think uh, he's the most likely winner of the race? I'd imagine he's the one to beat. But there was a horse in the race that really caught my eye, actually. I thought, good show. I think he's a really interesting contender. 
He's only raced once. That was at the end of last month when he won at Hamilton. He was racing wide throughout and off the bridle quite early on in the straight. But I was impressed with how well he quickened in the closing stages. He rallied to pass more experienced horses. He's a nice looking gelding and well bred too. He's by Nathaniel out of a, mare, a Maleficent Queen who won a listed race over a mile and a quarter air. The same as, as this race. So I think he'll probably come out on from his debut. He's unexposed and capable of showing great improvement. So I think he's around 28 to 1. He might be worth keeping an eye on. He could potentially outrun his odds, but obviously it's a massive step up in class. And he's against some talented horses, Ethan Glenn and, and Phantom Flight, the favourite, who have a lot more experience and, and they've also got decent form. But I think he's just an intriguing runner who could go well at a big price. Okay, so Katie thinks good show might be able to live up to his name and uh, maybe go well uh, in in this uh, kind of grade. So good show it is for Katie. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like in this one? Yeah, I'm sticking with the favourite of Phantom Flight and the way he won his last race. Uh, the Class 2 finale handicap at York four weeks ago was very impressive in which he won by five lengths. Um, and his previous run to that way finished third in behind New London's Wilcombe Bridges, some good performer has dubbed an eye-catcher. Um, he's not been out of finishing three in, in his last five runs, where, in his five runs where he's won three of them, and I think he'll take some beating. Okay, so uh, Liz is going to side with the favourite Phantom Flight. I quite like the chances of Royal Champion here. Roger Varian's team are going along very nicely. He's not maybe well in a, uh, the weights. He does have to give a, a few pounds away to the, the favourite Phantom Flight because he's a three-year-old. But I just think he's really improved this season. I think you can write off last season but uh he, he's been progressing i think with each run and i think if he replicates his third behind regal reality like he did at windsor a few weeks ago i think that will see him right in the mix and nine to one what i'm seeing on my screen here looks a too big a price so that's uh our thoughts then on the dune side cup stakes we then go to an absolute minefield uh for the next race it's the 230 uh it's the silver uh, cup handicap, and Snatch is your favourite, who is eight to one. Uh, we then got Azza Jamira at twelves, Dusky Lord at twelves, Abolish at fourteens, Good Earth at fourteens, Lovely Breeze at fourteens, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Um, you said off air that you didn't really uh, fancy anything in this, but have you managed to pluck anything out for the listeners? I, you know what, I haven't, and this is this is this is the trickiest race that I found of the lot, uh, and there's got to be some each way value in here in this race again. What I will say next will be frowned upon a lot uh, in the hardcore tipster world, um, but in big races like this, and for a bit of fun because that is what uh, it should be about, I say. Pick three numbers or the numbers of the horses you like. Ask for a 50p reverse forecast. It'll cost £3. There could be some big money in it coming out the other end if it comes in. Yeah, to be fair, that's not maybe necessarily a bad system. You can spend all day looking at the race replays, looking at all the form, uh, looking at where the where the draw bias could be. At the end of the day, you could just blur at the start. I know I've not got a particularly good record in the Air Gold Cup. It's one of my... Uh, bogey races it seems to be um but yeah why not if if you're feeling maybe a little bit lucky just go with uh maybe some names and numbers that you like and just chuck them all in a in a multi or something so that's uh liz's summary of uh the silver cup how about you katie uh did you think this was a little bit more straightforward than this no i'm similar mind of liz if i'm honest so many options a huge field very competitive 
and lots of horses on similar ratings as well. But I've gone for Good Earth. He's been really consistent this season, barring his last run last time out where he finished sixth of a career high mark of 87. Remains on the same mark, but I imagine he'll fare better this time out. He's a horse that tends to run on well and finish strongly. So in such an open contest, I think he's maybe a reliable each race selection. And he's the one that caught my eye the most, if I'm honest. So with a bit of luck, uh, I think he could make the frame. Okay, good earth for Katie. He might be able to outrun his odds. I've got a little bit of a story to tell uh, here uh, for this race. Um, when I was on holiday in Mallorca last month, I actually met the assistant head grounds um, and at... Um, uh, Ferreira uh, my hotel and I got uh, I was able to get talking to him about racing and I was asking him where the draw biases was he said that down the middle was probably the, the fairest place to go but the one horse he did think that could run well uh, in the air gold cup but he hasn't made the gold cup and he finds himself here is uh, the favourite snatch don't know if that's a tip in itself but it came from the grounds person but if I was actually using my analy analytical brain to find uh, the winner of this race, uh, again, I think it's really tricky. But one I thought that could run well is Mark's choice. Uh, for Ryan Sexton, who's been one of the apprentice finds of the season this year, claiming £5, riding for his boss, Adrian Keatley, um, was a real eye-catcher when he finished second in the Great St. Wilfred. And then he subsequently went on to uh, take advantage of a, of a good opportunity when he won over the same course and distance. I just think maybe connections have got him into a good place now. He's always been an honest horse when he's been on his A game. And I just thought off a mark of 88 here with a £5 claim of Ryan Sexton, I thought he could go well at a price. And yeah, he would probably be my thoughts on the race. But very, very tricky affair. And uh, yeah, good luck if you can find the winner there. We then move on to the next race we're going to look at now, uh, which is uh, the 305. It's over six furlongs. It is a virgin bet. Firth of Clyde Philly Stakes. It's a group three contest for the two-year-old fillies. And the betting looks like this. Queen Me is your favourite at 13 to 8. We've then got Bonnie Angel at 11 to 2, all the time at 7 to 1. Maria Bramwell at 10s, Believing at 12s, and Bigger are the rest. Uh, I'll come to you here first, Katie. Uh, Queen Me uh, was very impressive when she finished second in the Lauva. Do we uh, think she sets the standard here, or do we think Bonnie Angel, who was very impressive last time at Doncaster, might be able to pose a threat to her? I'm with Queen Me. Um, I was really taken by at York. I was keen on her ahead of that race, the Lauda Stakes, but yeah, she was just beaten by swing along there, wasn't she? But she rallied really well, ran on after hitting a, a flat spot in the final few furlongs. Uh, it didn't look like she was going to feature, but you know, she ran on really well and she might have won had she gone a bit sooner, but still, it was really impressive. She's wonderfully bred by the Bowie out of Group 2 winning Franco Mayer, being kindly. I think she has such a class about her. I think she's a really exciting prospect. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for her. So I'd love to see her win convincingly here. I do think she'll be too good for the others. But, you know, they're young horses. And, of course, there's others in the field that could take a massive step forward. But I'm definitely with Queen Me. OK, so that's one vote for Queen Me. How about you, Liz? Are you in agreement with Katie? Yeah, two votes. Um as Katie said, beaten by a neck last time out in the Lauber Stakes. And it was such a shame because obviously a dam, great dam and great, great dam all on that race. Um, she is short at 13 to 8, but there's clearly a load of reasons for that. I suppose you could find value maybe in how many lengths she'll win by perhaps, something like that. Um, but I can't, I can't see her being beaten. Okay, so two positive votes 
for Queen Me. I do like the chances of Bonnie Angel here. I just thought the way she won at Doncaster at St. Ledger Meeting was very impressive. I know that was a nursery company, but she couldn't have done any more. And I just think she's an intriguing contender for Clive Cox. She knows what he's doing with sprinters. And yeah, I think she could be a real danger to the favourite. I think the favourite is definitely the one to beat, but I don't think there's going to be that much between them. But if I probably had to pin my nail uh, colours to my the mast, I probably uh, would just go for Queen Me. But I think Bonnie Angel could definitely serve it up to her. So that's our thoughts then on the Firth of Clyde Philly Stakes. We then go to the feature race of the air meeting, and it is the Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup over six furlongs. And Kanjar is your favourite nine to two. He's been well supported for the William Haggis team. Bielsa, last year's winner. Is then next in the betting at 10. Summer Gand, a stalwart of these races, is also at 10. Comanche Fools, your Stewards Cup winner at 12s. 5,000 to 1, 14 to 1. Gulliver, 14 to 1. Mr. Wago at 14s. Chief of Chiefs, 16s. And bigger are the rest. Again, um, many runners in this race. Uh, but Liz, did you have anything here that compared to the Silver Cup you were struggling with? Yeah, I have actually, and I think Charlie Fellows is Philly Vaydream is big price at I think it was twelves when I was looking earlier. Who's been running at listed and group level? She ran a couple of weeks ago in a listed event over six furlongs, coming second by just a head at Newmarket on good ground, which has been her best result this season. Before this, she appeared over in France at Dover. Doval and in the Platinum Jubilee Stakes at Royal Ascot, but she didn't she didn't show anything. Um, but she did win a Group Three last October at Ascot, um, and if she shows that sort of form again, and I definitely think she'll be thereabouts. Okay, so it's uh, the dream um, for Liz, uh, trained by Charlie Fellows, looking to uh, come back to form after a promising effort last time out. And how about you, Katie? Who did you like in this race? Did you have a short list of a few, or were you into just one tip? Yeah, there's a few that caught my eye. I mean, you've got Kanjar uh, as the favourite. He's worthy of taking his chance. William Haggis, Jim Crowley, Shadwell, all in excellent form. And, and the horse has been performing well this season. But he's quite a warm favourite, relatively short in the market in regards to how, you know how big the field is. I think there could be value elsewhere. There's plenty with each way claims. Comanche Force, Bielsa, Mr Wagyu. They're all capable of, of winning this. Pop master. I thought he was drawn on the wrong side at Goodwood. I think he, he'll be competitive. But I will give a positive shout to three. The dream, uh, I'm in agreement with Liz. I think that very interesting down in class. She's a group three winner and narrowly missed out on a listed race last time out. Um, so I think, yeah, she's in with a chance. And Bergerac for Kevin Ryan uh, definitely has a good chance too. He's... He was last seen winning a competitive handicap at York. It's four pounds higher here, running off the mark of ninety-seven. Been in for a hat trick of wins too. I think he's good enough to be competitive from an each way perspective. He's worth a bet for me, a decent price too. And I'll also give a positive mention to Motagali, four pounds lower than went fourth in this last year. I think he's a big price. Okay, so a few selections then from Katie to keep an eye on. Uh, I like two in here. Um, the first one of them. Um, was Bergerac, I thought he could go well, he just seems to be in the groove, Kevin Ryan likes to target this race, he's got a good record in it, and he's likely to uh, be up there, but the main selection from me was 5,000 to 1 for Andrew Bolden, Graham Lee in the King Power Colours, now Andrew Bolden has a good record in this race, he won it uh, back in 2017 with Don Juan Triumphant, who was a horse that actually went on to bigger and better things. I think he uh, ran quite well in some uh, group races. I think he won a couple of group threes. He might have even 
um, spoiled a, a few uh, uh, big uh, parties in the past. But um, I think 5,000 to 1 here um, could be in that mould. It was a very promising two-year-old. Things went wrong for him at three. But this year, he seems to have come back a little bit to form. Um, and I just like the way he won last time out. He does have to carry a £5 penalty. But Graham Lee knows what he's doing. Very experienced jockey. And I just think uh, this this horse has probably been aimed at this race. And yeah, I think off a mark of 96, he could be maybe uh, uh, be well handicapped and have a few pounds to play with. So he was my thoughts on the race. But very competitive. And again, well done to you, to you if you can even find a horse to place, let alone win. So yeah, that's our thoughts then on uh, the racing at air on Saturday. We're now going to have a look at Newbury's card now. We're going to look at a few of their races that are available to watch on ITV this weekend. And the first race we're going to look at from Newbury is the 140. It's the Dubai Duty Free Legacy Cup Stakes, a Group 3 contest formerly known as the ARC trial. Don't think we're going to be getting any uh, lively ARC contenders here, but the betting does look like this. Dubai Future is your favourite, 4-1, along with Siskani. We've then got Kamari at 6-1, Solidstone at 7s, Lysander at 10s, Stella at 11s, and Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Quite a trappy race, but did you have one that you liked? It is a trappy race. You've got, it, it, I don't know, it feels quite open, doesn't it? You've got the three Godolphin horses all quite closely matched in the betting. Solid Stone isn't too far behind. I'm going to go for Solid Stone. His last two runs have come over a mile and a half, a trip that I believe slightly tests his stamina. I think dropping back in trip, I think, will allow him to be more competitive. He was given an excellent ride by Ryan Moore at Chester to beat McGallan earlier this season. But, you know, his form at the end of last season was very impressive. Back-to-back -back Group 3 victories, including this contest, and I think he's in good shape to retain to retain the, the contest. So but he does give way to way to all of his rivals, which is a slight concern. There may be a couple of younger horses capable of showing the improvement that is needed to, to beat him whilst receiving the weight, which it may leave him slightly vulnerable. But I am gonna stick with him. I think, you know, he's the one to beat. He's done it before and uh, yeah, he's the one for me. Okay, that's uh, Katie's thoughts on the open race we're looking at from Newbury. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like in this one? Well, I think one of the two Charlie Appleby horses is going to win this. And I think I've changed my mind 20 times between both Siskini and Kamari. But I'm just about siding with Siskini, who hasn't been seen since February. He's been spent some time over the Middle East where he came third in a Group 3 in Saudi and a good win in a listed race over at Maydan in January. He's got some form on coming out fresh and his win rate is good. He's been out 11 times, winning five, placing four times. Although a special mention to his stablemate Kamari, he's played the bridesmaid role his last two outings behind the other stablemate Rebels Romance. And I, but I think that may be the case again on Saturday. So uh, Siskini for me. Okay, so uh, Liz thinks the Godolphin uh, Siskani can get the job done and finally get his head in front. We um, now go to uh, the Group 3 on the card, the 215. It's the Dubai International Airport World Trophy Stakes. And Manakan is your favourite for John Ryan at 7-2. Been very progressive this season. We've then got Tis Marvellous at 4-1. Mitabahi at 7. Chill Chill at 17-2. Diligent Harry at 9. And Bigger are the rest. Uh, Liz, you can have first say here. Manakan has been a very impressive horse uh, on his last couple of starts. Uh, do we think he's going to continue his progression here? 
Um, I think he's got a very good chance, obviously, but I'm, I'm going to give another chance to Mitt Behe. His last run at the end of July at Goodwood can just about be forgiven. He was slowly away. Um, and as we know, in a five furlong sprint, when you're slowly away, it's pretty much game over. Plus, there is some debate to the way that he was ridden uh, that day. But I think he was really unlucky in the Group 3 at the start of July, where he was favourite and was beaten by Racel by a neck. He was bumped, switched, squeezed, which wasn't going to help at all. Um, a month and a bit off has maybe given him a bit of rest. The ground is fine, and it wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see him in, which I think is a relatively big price of eights. Okay, so uh, Mitabar here is uh, for Liz. And how about you, Katie? Who did you like in the uh, World Trophy Stakes? I think you can make a case for a number of these. I mean, we've got Tiz Marvellous and Manigan listed winners last time out, respectively. Teresa Mendoza, useful filly, but I'm not sure she's as effective over five furlongs. I prefer to be back in her over six. So I'm going to look away from the favourites and go for a horse that really impressed me at Haydock when he was last seen. So look out Louie for Julie Camacho. He'd be a number of good horses there, including two that have been performing well recently in Handicap Company, Nomadic Empire and Call Me Ginger. I mean, clearly this is a, is a big step up into Group 3 Company. And he can be inconsistent, but he's beaten Mountain Peak and Manukan already this season. As I said, in, it's been in handicap company, but you know he's he still had form in front of them, and I think he may represent some value from an each way perspective if he's able to deal with with a step up. Okay, so that's uh, Katie's thoughts on the World Trophy Stakes. The last race we're going to look at now is uh, the feature on Newbury's card, and it is the Dubai Duty Free Millery Stakes. We've seen some good horses win this race uh, in the past, and Sakir is your current favourite at 2-1. to one. Should have been a ring then at 11-4. for Clive Cox at 17-2. to two. Sharon at 12s, and Bigger are the rest. I come to you here first, Katie. Sakir uh, was very impressive uh, when he won uh, last time we saw him at Haydock. Uh, do we think he's going to be able to uh, continue his progression here and get a winning group company? He appears quite well fancy, doesn't he? And you'd expect that he is the one to beat. There are a few at the top of the market that do look quite dangerous and all capable of winning this. The Rogerarian pair, they're quite unexposed, stepping up in class, and the Yard have come into form of late. So I imagine they'll be competitive. And the favourite especially appears to be well fancy, as I said, but quite short and although I don't know I, I've looked elsewhere actually and I'm going to go for should have been a ring he's a listed winner won a tough race at York too I think he's just got that bit more experience than um, Lansaki tough young horse and I think he's proven himself a little bit more so I'm going to stick with him but obviously you know Sakir could, could do something special we'll, we'll see okay so Katie thinks should have been a ring uh, might be able to put his experience to good use and uh, take the mill reef. Uh, how about you, though, Liz? Are we in agreement or are we going to go somewhere else? I'm going to go somewhere else. I would have said Persian Force, but obviously it wasn't, I was quite surprised it wasn't declared. But um, And I want to side with the promising Sakir. The way he won his last race was very impressive. But I keep circling back to, which may be a bit of a surprise, um, and that is Rousing Encore, who was 14s this morning. A good six in the Group 2 Coventry Stakes at Royal Ascot in June. And he hasn't completely disgraced himself in his last two runs. 
He likes to lead, and he didn't do that in his last run at York in August. Over five furlongs, where he came fifth, staying on, and it it all came too quickly for him at Nace, also in August over the five. But his run and win in May at Pontefract, plus the six in the Coventry, shows I think that he is capable. Um, and there is some form from the Pontefract win. He beat a horse called Breeze that day. He subsequently, come third in a Group Three behind Lazoo and a second in another Group Three behind Charlie Appleby's very cross but back up to six furlongs ridden from the front it could be thereabouts okay so rousing encore is for this one a slightly bigger price there for richard fahi the one i liked in here was uh clive cox is um heroism uh, only been seen once when he won at uh, salisbury on debut but he did it really nicely he overturned a short price favorite from the own burrows yard who's actually subsequently uh, won uh, red car earlier in the week obviously the the form isn't maybe as good good as what it could have been but still nonetheless it was very impressive by heroism clive cox like i mentioned earlier does very well with these kind of forces uh yard are going well he's previously won this race in the past and i think this horse could potentially go on to bigger and better things and it's interesting that they've come here instead of sending him over to a sales race he's entered in, in Ireland next week. So I think Harrison can definitely go well at a, a nice price there. So that's our thoughts then on the Mirror Reef Stakes and the podcast in general this week. So thanks again to Liz and Katie for giving up their time. Hopefully we've found you some winners. Remember to follow us on the social platforms where we're on Twitter and at Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.